the job that farmers do is really, really important, really critical to society. And, you know, you wouldn't think that if you look at the constant negativity and the constant war on livestock farming that you see in, in national media. Hello and welcome to AgriFocus, brought to you by AgriLand. I'm Stella Meehan and I'm joined today by Eddie Punch, the General Secretary of the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, the ICSA, to talk about the state of the suckler sector. Eddie, uh, let's start off with discussing the sector in general. There were just over 46,000 suckler-only farms in the country and um, 833,000 suckler cows in the country at the end of December. That's the department's figures. But suckler numbers are in decline. And where do you think it's going? Where do you think it will bottom out? Yeah, well, certainly it's true that suckler numbers are in decline. Uh, Some of that is linked to the ending of milk quotas. So some of the bigger farms switched over to milk or got into enterprises related to milk. Uh, On the other hand, we have to face the facts that there are profitability difficulties in the suckler sector. Um, The reality is that a lot of suckler farmers have seen their value of their direct supports come down. Uh, But we also have to look at the bigger picture in terms of the price of beef. Uh, And, you know, this has been a huge challenge for the suckler sector because the profitability of people who buy their weanlings is hugely important. And of course, some suckler farmers finish their cattle as well. Um, there are, I, I think, there are certainly problems in terms of the way we have looked at suckler beef for a long number of years. Uh, what's really important is a special marketing strategy for suckler beef. Uh, there has been six million allocated to a suckler brand strategy, but in our view, it's going too slow. Nonetheless, work is being done on it, but we'd like to see a lot of buy-in from the meat factories. And we're not convinced yet that there's enough buy-in from meat factories to really try and drive a premium market for a natural grass-fed, but also a naturally reared animal. And there's a lot of talk, I suppose, about animal welfare in, in wider society now. And the suckler sector can deliver that, uh, but we're not, we're not seeing enough ambition for that. Uh, I think also, you know, you have to look at, uh, you know, the grid as well. Um, U-grade cattle in Ireland do not get enough of a bonus when you consider their much higher yield of of meat. Uh, There's much higher yield of meat, but there's a lot higher yield of the high-value cuts as well. And when you compare, for example, um, you know, top-quality suckler-type beef, uh, it's more valuable in other European countries like Italy, like France. And, you know, that, that is, a, that is a, a structural problem we have here. So I think we need as well to have a real vision for the suckler sector uh, for a long number of years now, since I suppose 2015. Uh, all of the focus has been on dairy, dairy expansion. And there's a logic to that. It's more profitable. There's a, there's a logic to it. But now there are a whole lot of question marks about other sustainability metrics as well. And suckler farming, you know, is less intensive. That's good in in, in some respects. Uh, It's also vitally important to the smaller scale farms and the broken up, you know, uh, farms where, you know, farms are fragmented. Uh, Those kind of farms can't get into dairying and don't want to anyway. So it's really important for for the point of view of, of the West of Ireland in particular, but a lot of regions in Ireland, that we have a vibrant suckler sector. 
And it's a really important part of our beef business. And Eddie, you talked about a vibrant suckler sector there, even though, you know, we initially mentioned that the, the suckler sector seems to be in somewhat of a decline, but very much suckler farmers are looking for an injection to, for it to be marketed as a premium brand to revitalize it, I suppose. And there was wide scale opposition in the very beginning to the food vision group for sheep and beef and a so-called exit scheme. That's what they're calling it for dairy. We'll call it a so-called exit scheme. And across the board, nobody wanted it for, for suckler farming. However, Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConnell came out recently and he sort of inferred that there was a lot more desire for such a suckler exit scheme than really was being admitted. Would you say that's fair to say or is that what you're getting from the ground up, Eddie? Well, I, I suppose there's no doubt that there is a lot of negativity in the suckler sector. There's also an age profile issue and, you know, no matter what you say, uh, as people get older, um, suckler farming is not easy. Um, so those are realities. But on the other hand, from our point of view uh, in ICSA, we want to see a vibrant suckler sector because you know, we don't want suckler farming to be seen as some sort of quick fix for climate change demands. Uh, that's that's not really a win-win solution. And when it comes to climate, we need win-win solutions because in the end of the day, there's a huge global demand for quality protein. The suckler herd is part of that. So we're not, we're not from an ICSA point of view, we want to look positive to the future. And recently announced by the Agriculture Minister, Charlie McConnell, was this new National Beef Welfare Scheme. So the idea behind it is that uh, funding is there now to help farmers improve animal health and husbandry. So essentially, farmers will be encouraged to meal feed calves before and after weaning. So obviously, that's a good thing. But another requirement to get the funds for the scheme is the requirement for IBR testing. So that's obviously the long name. Most people know IBR, but it's infectious bovine uh, rhinotracheitis. So, Eddie, this seems to be an element of the scheme that has not been particularly welcomed by some suckler farmers. Yeah, I, I suppose, look, the backdrop to this is 28 million was announced in last year's budget. Um, that's not enough. And I suppose... The meal feeding is a welcome measure, and we in ICSA propose that, so we're happy with that. The money for it, we think it's it's calculated too low. The IBR is something the department wanted, and you know there is a lot of frustration there that the money will go to vets and laboratories. I suppose that's that's what farmers are really saying. The money will go on, as you said, to vets and laboratories, there's a requirement there for 20 animals. The requirement is um, for 20 or more to be tested, or if you have less than 20 in your herd, up to 20 will be tested. So, you know, be it 14, be it 15. You'll get an allocation through the scheme of €300 Euro per herd. So when you break it down about the cost of a call out from a vet, what the, the cost of the blood tests is, the lab then has to analyse those blood tests, um, you know, is it going to, I suppose, is any of that money going to go to the actual suckler farmer himself? Yeah. And, you know, we we think it's wrong for the minister now to say it's 28 million for the suckler farmer. It's 28 million for the scheme. We can't get an exact analysis of how that breaks down yet because we don't know the profile of who goes into the scheme. But we would guess in ICSA farmers will get about 21 million. And seven million will go to vets and labs and so on. And that's 
You know, look at IBR is is testing is is good in theory. Uh, people shouldn't spend money on vaccinating if they don't need it. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, we have to be honest and say this is not 28 million for farmers. And I suppose the reality is that, you know, it goes back to the cap reform in, in a couple of years ago where our proposal in ICSA was 10% of the single farm payment as it was then. Uh, the Pillar 1 payment would be allocated as a coupled payment to the suckler and sheep sectors. And we prov provided the department at the time a fully costed proposal, which would actually deliver 300 per suckler cow and 35 per yo through a combination of Pillar 2 schemes and coupling in Pillar 1. The reality is no other farm organization backed us, none of beef uh, organizations or indeed the dairy organizations backed us uh, but that was and still remains the only honest and credible way to deliver 300 per suckler cow so we are unfortunately where we are where we are trying to i suppose find an extra few quid in in, in the kitty and the fact is that what we now have for suckler farmers is less than 200 per cow now there's another problem with this scheme and I was talking to a farmer at Tullamore on Sunday and you know he was really angry because he's a hundred suckler cows and the new scheme is capped at 40 cows. We in ICSA strenuously oppose that. Uh, we think it is limiting the ambition for people to be able to make a commercial uh, go of suckler farming. Uh, yes we know that the vast majority of suckler farmers are less than 40 but we shouldn't just assume that nobody wants to have more than 40 suckler cows. Because was beef up to 100, Eddie? Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and the farmer I was talking to was getting, you know, uh, you know, over 8,000 euros from beef. And in this scheme, he'll get 1,700. Uh, probably a lot of that 300 will go to the vet, as we discussed. So he's gone from over 8,000 down to 1,400 euros and that's a real, real blow to someone who's trying to be commercial at suckler farming. And, you know, uh, the dairy farm organizations were very annoyed recently at 120 of a limit for milking machine grants. But we've got ICSA is the only organization that is complaining about a 40 head limit on the ambition for a suckler farmer. And, you know, you mentioned there, I suppose, about the 28 million overall budget which works out more practically and realistically if you break it down to about 21 million for, for farmers. But if the minister was here, I suppose, just to play a bit of devil's advocate, he would argue that, you know, this this new beef welfare scheme in conjunction with, with SCEP, the, the suckler carbon efficiency, he argues himself that that's giving about 200 euro an animal at the moment between the two schemes. And he said he would... He called for that when he was in opposition. He's now in government. So he said he is, he would argue he is delivering for sucklers. You're saying that's not the case. And even 200 an animal is not enough. You'd be looking for 300 an animal. Yeah. So, so if you really stretch it, there is 200 of a transfer, the first 22 cows. Because in the SCEP scheme, you get 150 on the first 22. After that, you're down to 120. And then the farmer who has more than 40 cows is getting 120 in the SCEP scheme, assuming she or he has a, a quota for it or a, or a reference for it. 
Uh, so they're getting 120 from that, and they're getting zero additional above 40 cows under the, the beef welfare scheme. So, you know, 200 euros, not really. Uh, uh, in fact, you know, you could say it's 185 on the first 22 cows, and after that, it's shrinking. The budget is coming up and all farm organisations are putting in their spake, I suppose you call it, to try and get what they can, but specifically in relation to the suckler sector. Because as you know yourself, Eddie, come budget time, you know, every crow is calling and there's demands from every sector. And, you know, who's to say who gets more, who gets less or where the priority is. You said in the uh, initial opening there that you think the sector really needs a rejuvenation. What sort of response are you getting from government ministers, from the departments, civil servants? Are they looking at other sectors over suckler sector or do you feel that this year there is an appetite there to try and help the suckler sector? Um, One of the problems is the 28 million from last year's budget is a one-year commitment. So we have to make sure that, you know, it's repeated for the years ahead. And that's a key thing we asked in our meeting on the pre-budget with Minister McConnellog. Uh, the sheep sector is also hugely important, and for a while now we've been fighting to to ensure that there is a far more significant payment to the sheep sector as well. And let's not forget the beef sector either, the beef finishing sector, who to a certain extent a lot is being asked of them in terms of the climate targets, uh, but there is no proposal there as of yet to support people to be more efficient. We propose that people would be would be paid to weigh cattle, um, you know, above a year of a year old, and that there would be an incentive for them to become more efficient so they could finish cattle earlier without feeding any extra meal. Uh, but the reality is that the beef finishing sector has got absolutely hammered by price cuts in recent weeks. It is absolutely shocking, and you know, there's a real sense of anger out there. Farmers are being listening in the media to you know constant negativity around climate change constant negativity around water quality uh farmers are trying to you know be more efficient all the time be more sustainable all the time but in the sectors we in icsa represent all you see is you know how can you plan a business how can you you know try to invest to be more sustainable either economically or ecologically when you don't even know what you're, what price you're going to get for beef next month. And when you see people, you know, who bought cattle in good faith at the start of the year, now facing weekly price cuts in beef, it is absolutely, you know, in our view, disgraceful that we... And, and you know, look at, these are people trying to raise families. The pressure, and I hear this from our members now a lot at the moment, that people are under mentally, uh, you know, because of the financial difficulties that they are facing, because beef price can be cut just like that. It is no way to run a business. It is intolerable for farmers, uh, you know, who who hoped maybe, you know, a few months ago that, you know, we, we could assume that beef price would be around five euros, even though, you know, there were figures showing by, by Chagas last year, winter finishing needed six euros a kilo. But at least facing into this, you know, at, at springtime, they, they thought maybe 525, 550 would at least be there. And now here we are, you know, talking about 465 and, 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 and working its way down. It is no way to run a business. We in ICSA met Tesco a couple of weeks ago and said, we can't do any more of this. And they accepted uh, that 
from their perspective, it was unsustainable that beef price had been frozen in terms of the consumer for the last eight or nine years, that there was no further scope to cut beef price in terms of what the consumer paid and in terms of what the farmer got. And yet here we are with beef prices being cut on a weekly level. It, 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 is, it is really frustrating. And then on top of all of that, of the constant negative narrative about, oh, farmers need to do more, farmers need to do more. They need to survive and to look after their families first and foremost. And Eddie, in terms of, you know, you were, you were speaking about a beef price there and the image, I suppose, of, of farmers in general needing to be more environmentally friendly, to, to have more sustainable methods of production. But at the same time, we are also promoting and trying to promote through a PGI application in the European Commission the Irish grass-fed beef image. So we are going to Europe and literally saying our beef is grass-fed. I mean, could you put more of an image of sustainability on one of our most premium export products than that? No, you couldn't. And like the reality is that farmers are in the business of, of nutrition. Uh, protein is really important to people's health. Uh there's a frustration that the PGI has taken so long. It's, it's, it's going on for five years now. Uh, there's a frustration that the Suckler brand has taken so long. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we do have to get back to. Farmers are in the business of producing healthy nutrition for consumers all over the world. Global demand for, for dairy, for meat, for beef and lamb in particular, is only going upwards, even though there may be, you know, the European market is up and down. Uh, nonetheless, there is a real demand for these products. And if Irish farmers don't produce them, someone else will. Uh, and it makes no sense to us to hear calls to cut the national herd when the reality is that the demand for global, uh, you know, at a global level for quality protein, vitamin D, calcium, iron, you know, really important elements that can be easily got in any other diet. That's continuing to rise. And we should be proud of what we are doing in, in, in Ireland. And we should be ensuring that farmers, and, and, and there should be, you know, a national unity, but there isn't around making sure that farmers are economically viable and sustainable and continue to do this. And yes, of course, farmers want to be more sustainable from the environmental perspective as well. Lots of farmers, 45,000 farmers went into, into acres. It was not expected. Uh, farmers want to be more sustainable, but they have to have the funding to do that as well. And I think, you know, one of the things that really frustrates me is that in 1973, when we joined the EU, our national herd was 7.3 million, you know, at June figures. Uh, and now it's at 7.4 million. So over the past 50 years, our herd has been remarkably stable. And from the global warming potential measurement, that is really the best you can do in terms of, you know, having no additional impact on global warming. But in the same time, global population has almost doubled and they all have to be fed. And the job that farmers do is really, really important really critical to society. And, you know, you wouldn't think that if you look at the constant negativity and the constant war on livestock farming that you see in, in national media. And it's a real source of frustration to farmers. And I think 
you know, we're not far from a scenario where people would be crying out for people to go into farming because, you know, lots of young people are going to get disheartened from this constant abuse they're getting from and, you know, uh, an element in, in, in public debate. Yeah, actually, I just want to pick up on that point, Eddie. You said there, like, young farmers coming in. Like, whatever about dairying, how can you see a potential future for uh, farmers who want to take over the suckler farm from their from their father and mother in the support level that it has at the moment, the future viability of it? You know, that, that's in, in suckler farming and, and the price of Weanlands, obviously the, the greater beef sector then in the terms of beef price and so on. And the measures that are coming in and the requirements of sustainability and environmental um methodologies that are, you know, conducive to being more sustainable in terms of your production. You know, you're in the ICSA. You can tell me straight out, how many younger members are you getting in on a yearly basis coming into, um, I know you mentioned sheep earlier, but we'll focus on the sucklers. Like how many young people nowadays are thinking that suckler farming is going to be a viable, you know, sector for them in the future? I'm sure certainly a lot of them are definitely not thinking full-time anyway. Yeah, and I suppose there's, you know, it's 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 a little bit complex, right? Because there's a lot of young people who are really, really proud of the cattle they're producing. They're really into producing, you know, real top quality weedlings. There's Absolutely. A kind of and a, even more so in recent years. Yeah. yeah, there's a kind of a Rowan's of Twitter vibe goes on, right? Um, so, so, so it's not true to say that young people aren't interested in, in, in livestock farming or they're not interested in cattle or sheep for that matter. And there's a real good vibe around people who are proud of, you know, if, if you're at Tullamore Show, obviously you see lots of young people leading cattle around the show rings. So people are are proud of what they do. Uh, but there is, of course, the economic realities as well. And so, there, so for some of those, what they want is to make a fair return, but on a part-time basis. But, you know, if you've got an off-farm job, you know, there's a limit to how much time you can put into farming and you do want to get some sort of reward for the amount of time you put in there. Uh, on the other hand, there are still large, uh, larger cattle and sheep farms where I think it's a reasonable ask that they would be viable on a full-time basis. Um, but we've got to get that balance right. But no matter how much, you know, you are part-time or full-time, every hour has to be profitable that you work on that farm. And I think that's a reasonable ask. It doesn't mean that you're going to make, you know, a full-time living to raise a family off your 30 suckler cows, but at the same time, it should be profitable. And I think those are the kind of asks we should have. But in the end, you know, if anything, the war in Ukraine tells us food security can't be taken for granted. And what really baffles me about the climate change argument is that climate change means more drought potentially in a lot of Europe or potentially in, in North America. And that means a challenge to food security, a huge challenge. And if you believe, as I think most farmers do, that climate change is a real problem, it makes no sense then to say that the probable worst impact of climate change, food security, is going to be solved by either forcing a cut in the national herd in Ireland or by allowing a situation to continue where people can't make a fair price for their product that they have lovingly put together over three years, be that suckler beef or, or, or lamb or whatever it is. We have to have reality here. Foods, like sensible policy has food security, energy security, social concerns 
rural, regional balance and climate change all put together into one kind of win-win scenario. We need win-win solutions, not, you know, negativity and not cutting out food production that is so badly wanted. And we've got to get the economics of that right before we can actually talk. You know, you can't be green if you're in the red. We have to have the economics right and we have to have a sense of pride and confidence in what our farmers are doing. And, and you know, as I say, it really frustrates me to hear, you know, the urban commentariat, you know, treating farmers like as if they're some sort of pariah in society. They are essential for the future of humanity. And we have to have a wake-up call here because, unfortunately, a lot of, you know, political leaders right across the world seem to have lost sight of that fact. Well, that's all we have time for in this episode of AgriFocus. Thank you to my guest, General Secretary of the ICSA, Eddie Punch, for coming in and talking all things suckler and indeed the, the wider beef um, sector. And we touched on sheep there as well. It'll be very interesting going forward to see what does come out of Budget 2024, Eddie, and no doubt you will be back to us in advance of that and subsequently after to let us know your thoughts and opinions on the support for, for the beef sector in this country. Um, thank you for listening. Please rate and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. That's all for now. We'll be back shortly again with another episode of AgriFocus. Focus.